Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. You know, we have a really exciting program today. We go from robotics to women's uh, issues uh, through to uh, tax issues and finally to a new marketplace platform. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about today's program. And we start off with robotics with Joe Solano. He's an expert and stakeholder in robotics. And I'm, I'm going to let him tell us a little bit about himself, his company, and what robotics will mean for small business. Joe, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, Don. Appreciate having me on. Hey, uh, well, Joe. Uh, no, I stepped on your line as usual. Go ahead, Joe. No, that's go ahead. No, go ahead, Don. Well, we're being Alphonse and Gaston. Um, but anyway, uh, Joe, we always start off the program by asking a little bit about our guest's personal and professional background. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, um, I'm a retired U.S. Navy, went to Naval Academy. Uh, I actually got out about 12 years ago after serving uh, on a number of different ships um, throughout my naval career, mostly on the on the West Coast and the Far East and in the Middle East and uh, South America. Um, and, um, and what I've been doing over the last uh, 12 years has really been really a lot in entrepreneurial work, mostly in, in uh, modeling simulation decision support systems, as well as in, um, in cybersecurity and, and wireless networks. Now, how I got involved in, in robotics is kind of a, a roundabout way because one of the things I found out is that one of the, the challenges with robotics is is the communications piece. And um, many of the, the communications they use today are very similar to that, that folks use with, you know, Radio Shack remote, uh, you know, hobby um, model airplanes. So there's a lot of growth in this area, especially with the, the advent of mobile devices and things like that. I work for a company called Trabus Technologies here in San Diego, California, and what we do is specialize in um, in secure cybersecurity and, and wireless networks, um, and that's what, what we're doing. Our roots are pretty much tied to um, the commercial sector, but we're we're doing a lot of work now in the DoD and other other places as well. Well, um, uh, if I understand you correctly, and please correct me wrong, you're uh, you're making sure that. Uh, uh, the communications between the person uh, who put up that uh, ro- robotics, either as a drone. And by the way, you were the one who taught me that drones are ro- robots too. We never thought of it that way. Um, 
so that uh, no one could hijack the link and things like that. Am I right on that? Yeah, I mean it's the same challenges that um, you have with your your cell phone and your and your your uh, your tablet you have the same challenges that you have with um, with unmanned systems. And um, you know, I'm I'm the I'm also the, the the president of the San Diego chapter of the Association for Unmanned Vehicle Systems International, which is an international group which probably with about fifteen twenty thousand members. Uh, worldwide, based out of Arlington, Virginia. But we, what a um, the, the real challenge is not only with with human being to robot, but also robot to robot um, to communicate uh, with each other, uh, just like you would have a network. Uh, you know, uh, your computer talking to other computers, which we do through the internet um, currently. Um, so there's a there's a lot of growth in here. If you take a look at what folks are doing uh, the, in the network area, um, it's not much here. So for for those small businesses or have a handle with um, they're doing work in, with smart devices, just look at this as another evolution of what folks would do with smart devices uh, out there. It's software, it's uh, networks, uh, and so forth. Um, the platforms, although sound really cool and air, but they're basically, you know, there's a lot of them out there. I see the real growth in this area, not so much in the platforms, but in everything else out there, the sensors, the um, um, the communications, um, and, and as well as all the support stuff that you would see in a growing business, logistics, uh, marketing, sales, um, even uh, stuff like website design, things like that. There's a lot of things, the back-end analytics that would require. So there's a, so there's a lot in education, naturally, associated with there, the training stuff. Um, so there's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of, it's a growing field and not much different than the aviation community was 100 years ago. Hmm. So still well, evolving. Well, you shocked me when, when we were talking just before airtime there's a convention going on next uh, in April or May, uh, and, right. and you said there's going to be fifteen thousand people there. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's um, it's the Association for uh, Unmanned Systems Vehicle International. It's uh, avusi.org. It's avusi.org. If you go to their website, and uh, it's a 2015 conference held in at the uh, uh, at the in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's uh, from the fourth to the seventh of uh, of May, and everything will be there from commercial defense leaders and on uh, talking about intelligent robotics, drones, unmanned systems, um, and areas will cover from air, ground, maritime, from agriculture, construction, energy, academics, uh, entertainment community. You name the community, people are are, are doing this. So. Uh, on top of that, there's a um, and, and believe it or not, there's also if the folks out there that have uh, law firms out there, insurance. Uh, something I was thinking about is, um, uh, you know, we've we've got car insurance, but all these people out there flying unmanned systems, who's who's insuring these people when they hit something? Because you know they're gonna something's gonna crash somewhere, uh, especially with these uh, with the, with the smaller smaller drones and stuff that are out there. They're gonna be. Uh, Stuff here. If if uh, if folks like Amazon and and um, and um, 
in some of these other companies have their way, you'll you'll be having instead of having a delivery truck delivering things, they'll be delivering it by um, by a quad um, drone out there in the future. So there's a lot well, of interesting things out there that's going on with the SCC, uh, and I'm sorry, in FAA right now, and um, in regarding to unmanned systems. Um, if you go to my chapter's website, you'll see a very interesting uh, presentation by uh, a gentleman called uh, Mark uh, McKinnon um, from uh, McKinnon McKenna Law Group out of D.C. who's heavily involved with all the issues associated with there. Uh, our website is avusisandiego.com. That's .com, not .org. So if you could check that out, you'll, you'll see that's uh, a big play. Another thing that small businesses can also consider, um, co- countries like Japan and Australia are actually, and Canada are actually ahead of us when dealing with a lot of the, um, the issues associated with unmanned systems with um, flying in national airspace, things like that. And culturally, they seem to be more acceptable in areas. So uh, what I also would suggest small businesses uh, contact um, the local rep for U.S. Commercial Services, which is the um, an arm of the uh, Department of Commerce, who can also provide you some good information and guidance on um, how to sell your products um, overseas uh, to the to, to other markets, and they certainly have um, much more you know, information on um, all the players out there. They can also help you set up um, uh, with other partner firms and uh, so forth like that. So it's a good deal. Uh, for small business, even large business, but it's really kind of the way to uh, uh, Department of Commerce to uh, help uh, small businesses get their markets over, overseas. Well, you know, um, you, you mentioned uh, Google and Amazon, but the, when I uh, uh, promoted this program, I got, a, a le- I got an email from a small business that said, now that now the big boxes will deliver right next door to me by drone, do you think that that's going to happen at any time in the next two or three years? No, I don't think it's going to happen, and I think there's a couple of reasons why I don't think it's going to happen. One, I think there is uh, we still don't understand uh, right now all the things are, are the way the FCC rules are. I'm sorry, the FAA rules are everything has to be within the line of sight. So you really don't gain a lot with that that regard. Um, and and it's making assumptions that your communications and your security is rock solid. So, again, it gets back to security and comms. Do you have the reliability? And for these, you know, for these critters to have the, the sense and avoid capability so it doesn't hit something, okay? So uh, I think there's got to be, you know, a lot more testing and, I mean, just think about your own cell phone or your smart device, you know, and how many times you go on all in air and all of a sudden, you know, your your uh, cell phone switching or your 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 laptop is switching to a, a different, um, um, you know, Wi-Fi, you know, network, you know, just picks up another signal. Uh, those things got to get sorted out, you know, and then the intelligence behind those robots on, okay, can I, I mean, you're an individual, you can make a decision. Yeah, I recognize the fact that, um, you know, I'm switched to a different network. Well, how does a robot do that, you know? Is there enough smarts in that? And right now, no, I don't think there is. And um, and the other part is there's, you know, the the, the spectrum, you know, available of is, is pretty crowded. So there's got to be, 
innovated ways to uh, do that with spread spectrum and things like that that uh, you know people are working on with the FCC uh, is involved with uh, broadband spe- spread spectrum stuff with new technologies and, and, and frequency bands. But there's a, a lot, you know. There's still a lot to go on that. Um, I, I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, two, three years off. I think you'll see some testing uh, related to that and small pilots in there. Matter of fact, you can't, you know, when somebody can fly stuff, even though they're permitted with um, with the FAA exemptions to fly below, I think it's either four or five hundred feet. I can't recall, um, but. Um, they still have to stay clear of populous areas as well, so not to you know, you know, inadvertently uh, fall on on a person. So um, there's a lot to be learned and a lot of technology to be built, and um, I think it's going to be a really growing industry for the foreseeable future. I mean, I'm not saying like the next couple of years. I'm saying the next 50 years. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens here in the next, uh, in, you know, next years. If the explosion in this industry is going to be, uh, I, I predict, you know, um, similar to what we saw uh, with the Internet and uh, and then some. So if you look at the combination of what we've seen on your smart devices and combine that with the aviation and automobile industry, that's kind of what you got, I think, in the mm-hmm. future. And then the other part you got to keep in mind, too, is there is not just, you know, we talk about the Google car, but if you look at um, – you look at the, there's a there's an initiative by Department of Commerce called Traffic 21, which is the automate the highways. So, um, and you know how do you you know the driverless car thing, but taking it to really a, a, the next level of um, of just automating the car, and that's coming out of uh, their organization. And the DoD has got an organization called DARPA, which is um, uh, you know it's their big advance, uh, you know. Uh, you know, technology oh, group. Of, right. Yeah, advanced research planning agency, and then uh, and then Department of Commerce has got a. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Department of Transportation's organizations called the RETA. It's called a Research Integration Transportation Agency or something like that. I can't recall the exact name, but it's R I T A. So we can look it up in there. But there's a lot of cool stuff. Carnegie Mellon's heavily involved in that uh, out of Pittsburgh uh, with Traffic 21. So. A lot of cool stuff out there. Agriculture industry is going to, is really big, um, and uh, and um, it's um, um, you're going to see a lot of there. Deep mining kind of stuff. The mining industry is starting to embrace it to send robots in there to do a lot of the mining where people couldn't go because of the extreme pressures and also uh, oxygen levels or lack thereof. Um, the entertainment industry, all those cool shots that we that we see on, on movies and stuff, which have been done by, you know, helicopters and, you know, manned helicopters are going to be done by robots. And the interesting part about that is before the only person could make those cool shots were people with, you know, the, the large uh, production shops like Sony and those guys. What you're going to find out now is that, you know, a small independent uh, filmmaker um, that's coming out of college with, barely any bucks <laughs> they can buy a quad helicopter a quad uh you know um um uh, system for you know a few thousand dollars or maybe 10 ten thousand and uh and do it himself you know herself you know so uh well, it's really kind of taking the gloves off and giving some you know young entrepreneurs some really uh, opportunity to do some really cool things 
Um, the other side that people are using it for is like, um, and, and it'll happen, is to do bridge inspections, do uh, roof inspections. No more roofers climbing buildings. They get a little quad and they go up there and, you know, check it out that way. Uh, towers, things like that. So there's a lot of things that people are interested in doing with these things. You know, uh, you're one of those guys that I just have to wind up and, and you'll uh, go for five minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. Um uh, Joe, if people want to um, talk to you or talk more about your company, how do they do it? Well, you can go. Uh, you can uh, contact me at Joe. That's J O E, and the letter C at Trabus. dot com, and that's can Joe C. That that's T R A B U S. dot com. Or you can uh, contact me by phone at uh, area code 858-220-8000, extension 119. That's eight, I'm sorry, it's 619, um, area code 619-220-8000, extension 119. And the name of your... Uh, Southern California group. It's um it's AVUSI San Diego Lindbergh chapter, and that's AVUSI San Diego dot com. Well, we're going to have you back after the uh, that show, and we're going to talk more about it because uh, try out some for some small business outlooks. Okay, we'll do, and I really encourage people to go. You'll learn a lot, and for small business, would be a great opportunity for them. Thank you for your time today. No, thank you for coming. We really look forward to it. Our next guest is Dr. Nancy D. O'Reilly. Um, she's here uh, because, amongst other things, uh, last in 2014, 54% of all new businesses were started by women. Now, that's up 2% by estimates from um, 2013. Hey, are you? Hello. Yes, Nancy. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's actually seventy-five percent. That's the that's the figure I use, by the way. The growing trend in the United States are women-owned businesses, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I I always stand corrected. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm using. Uh, uh, I I do know women are are opening business at an unprecedented rate. About leadership and the qualities women possess, and how to utilize them. Can we touch a little bit about yourself and uh, personally, and uh, uh, anything else you'd care to say before we get yeah. into the topic? Okay. Don, you're breaking up. I don't think I'm on a landline, so I'm, you're 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 breaking up. Am I? Do I sound okay to you? You sound terrific, and they only have to hear you, not me. Is okay. This better? <laughs> So you want me to tell me again what you what did you ask me again? I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what is, what? No, no, Nancy. Uh, uh, I'm sorry that I'm breaking up. I'm having a little. T- I'm I'm on location today, yeah. so that has something. To, is it coming better now? It, it's kind of like a uh, 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 little bit like that. But anyway, let's uh, see if we can make this well, work. Well, maybe if I'm, I up. 
Okay, perhaps. Maybe if, if I'm sounding okay, maybe we can get this done if I can hear your questions, okay? You got it. Well, my question, tell us a little bit about yourself personally now. A little bit about yourself. Tell me about my story and, and why I wrote the book, Leading Women, and is that what you're asking me? Yes. Okay, okay. Um, I'm a psychologist. Um, I've been working with women's issues and women empowerment since the 90s. Uh, I started out pretty much in my life as a tomboy and really didn't think much about being a girl, didn't feel myself very prized, but God, she has a sense of humor. Um, I had one daughter after another daughter after another daughter, and then my daughters had uh, seven grand, gave me seven granddaughters, so, so really I think God with her great sense of humor, has basically said, Nancy, you better just do something and leave a legacy for women. So I pretty much have been doing that most of my life. And doing radio and doing speaking engagements is really about women empowerment and really helping women to really, the most important thing is women supporting and collaborating with other women. You know, there's unfortunately uh, that has not always been the case. Women sometimes can be very, very much uh, competitive do a lot of comparing and, and really aren't very supportive of one another. But this new movement uh, with this book, Leading Women, 20 Women's Secrets of Success in Business, Leadership, and Life, is really a proof that that's wrong, that women are definitely beginning to understand the most important thing is that we can truly, truly support one another and truly then we will be successful in business in our communities, in our families, and and in the greater world, this global world that we're living in. Well, that's a very laudable. I, I do know that uh, uh, I, I'm old enough, and I suspect we're somewhat contemporary, but I hope you're a lot younger than me. Um, in, in the 60s, when it first uh, really started to, uh, women started to break out and, and enter the world, one of their biggest complaints was that they were not getting the mentoring or the support from other women. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's interesting, 50 years later, uh, we're, we're still talking about that. And we're yeah. still... Uh, m my wife happens to have been recognized by the Harvard Business School as an alumni uh, mentor um, for her work with other women. But uh, uh, it's still a big problem. So what are the qualities that women possess uh, that that help them, and sure. uh, how do they utilize well, them? Yeah, well, you know, you were talking about 50 years ago, you know, maybe even when I was working in a large healthcare system, uh, I was wearing power suits with ties, so I was a woman trying to do business as a man, and I think what the, the difference is now, women are truly understanding they don't have to be men to be successful in business. We have some very, very special skills and tools that we're finally recognized and understanding that they're extremely important. Uh, we have this you know, we have a very good ability to connect and a good ability to use our time and talent and our treasures to make a difference. So, you know, I think it's really what's great is that we can see the big picture but we can see the details as well. And the fact is women truly can collaborate. And when we do collaborate, we bring together such a treasure of our talents that can, we could truly, truly be extremely effective. And our communication skills, you know, we're about 
we're about sharing, we're about giving advice, we're about, you know, women are the yellow books, you know, we're, we're the ones, if you you can ask any woman, uh, you know, where's your where's the best schools, you know, who's the best pediatrician, who's the best doctor, where, you know, where, where do you get, you know, certain things, where do you get your hair done, you know, what's the best dentist, you know, so we're, we've always been a part of that uh, wonderful referral and network system, and now we're using that business uh, by developing relationships, because I think now business is about being authentic. Now business is about developing relationships. I think I think we've come to the uh, time in our history, as far as business is concerned. You have choices where you could do business. You know, I mean, you have choices. We all do. Wouldn't you rather do business with someone that you get along with, you like, you have similar goals and objectives, and, and you truly feel like you can communicate with each other? And I think that's where women are becoming most effective is that we're saying, hey, I can use these skills. I've always had these skills, and I can use them in business, and I can develop these relationships, and I can be effective in business and really, really help the people I work with. Well, you're saying that. Um, and uh, quite frankly, Nancy, I've, I've heard it over 50 years as a reporter. Uh, and uh, I, I, In fact, I covered the start of Catalyst in New York and a few other mm-hmm. uh, major women um, uh, outreaches. Yet, um, uh, as late as last week, I'm hearing of women who are still complaining about the uh, the, the fact that other women seem to resent if they rise and they yeah. ascribe it to uh, factors that uh, that have nothing to do with business. Yeah, um, well, we- mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, um, well, I mean, again, I think it's a, it's a matter of really finding and connecting with like-minded women, you know, and I think... Well, how does you know, one find that? Okay, well, the best, thing, the best thing to do, of course, is is really about face-to-face and developing relationships, and you know, like I said, we do we we are doing so much online things, and and we're using so many texting and twittering and everything. But really, it's now about face to face. You know, joining new groups. Uh, you know, you you need to spread yourself around. You know, you 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 learn, you grow. And you were talking about mentors, but you it's about being a mentor, but it's also finding mentors. And so it's really about, you know, again, getting involved in your community. Uh, Again, philanthropic causes are a wonderful way for women to especially let people understand their leadership leadership skills, uh, skills. You know, get your heartstrings pumping, you know, use those philanthropic things to really, you know, let let people learn more about who you are and what you think about and what you care about. And then work with different people, you know, get out there and, and new faces and new ideas. And, you know, women need to stay, they need to stay on top of what the trends are. You know, as you know, to be successful in business, Don, it's all about really staying on top of what's going on in the in the marketplace and staying, what, what are the trends? What are the things that you need to learn, the things you need to know? And so it's it's also then about connecting with not only women but men who can help you in those areas. The most important thing that women can do, and and we we talk about this all the time, is that asking for help. You know, there's not you know when somebody asks us for help, it it really it you know we we it 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 completely changes that relationship. But not only asking for help, but also saying how can I help you? How can I help you? 
it changes that relation. It's not competitive. It's connection. It's about connecting and really developing a relationship. It's a win-win for everyone. So, you know, there's, again, people love to tell you their stories. Find people that really you want to emulate. You know, people love to share their stories of success, and other women have stories of success. You know, I, I think you were you were talking about women and competitive and so forth, but, you know, I, I know some women uh, that have been extremely helpful to me in my career, but it was also asking, how did you do this? How how did you become who you are today? You know, what what is your story? And by sharing that, you, you develop a, a relationship but also a way of learning. Well, you you know, you mentioned a very interesting thing. You said, also, how can I help you? Yeah. That is, that is something uh, both men and women seem to have forgotten in this world right. today. Yeah. Um, would you want to comment on that further? Because uh, yeah, to I, me, that's I absolutely, Yeah, absolutely. That really is the whole premise of the book, Leading Women, 20 Women's Secrets to, to Success in Business Life and Leadership. It, that's really how this all started. Uh, you know, I've been doing radio just as you've been doing, but interviewing and having conversations with smart, amazing women all over the country and different parts of the world that were doing great things in business and relationships and reinvention and giving back and all the above. And so basically it was a matter of saying, wait a minute, all this wonderful information is, is going to be lost unless I really figure out a way to bring it to the to the forefront. So asked 19 other women to collaborate and connect and, and develop this book. So uh, this book, Leading Women, is really, that's exactly what this is. It was like, how can I help you? And this is, and now what we've done, we've come together, 20 women that are saying, how can we help you? Here's Here's our stories. Here's our advice. Here's our knowledge. We've been in the trenches. Every single one of us, all 20 of us, have been through the trenches. Like you said, you know, historically we know that we've all, you don't get where you are just because you're you're sweet and kind and, you you know, you're lucky. You get there, you get where you are because you've, you've worked hard, you've had to do some things, and you've learned some things along the way. But these are 20 women that want to share and want to help, and they want to say, how can I help you? And so the book itself is truly a... Um, well, it's a movement. It's a movement of women that we're finding all over the country. Is The more we find each other, the more we enjoy that. But it really is now. How can I help you? And it, it just changes that whole relationship almost immediately. Well, first, what is the name of the book? The name of the book? Yes. Leading, leading Women. 20 Women's okay. Secrets to Success in Business, Life, and Leadership. And each woman has a story of her own and information and knowledge. And, again, her story that, you know, women, we have this this unbelievable talent. I don't know if it's a talent per se, but we look at someone who's extremely successful, has her act together, looks good, sounds good, and we think to ourselves, gee, that must must have been so, or or it looks so easy for her. But the thing is, is when women actually do tell you their stories, and they explain to you where they've been, how, how, for example, Gloria Felt is one of our leading women. Gloria started out as a teenage mother in West Texas. She became the founder of Planned Parenthood to make sure that teenagers all over the country had access to birth control. And, and now today she is, has formed a new organization called Take the Lead, which is to make sure that women by the year 2025 
are going to have leadership parity in in our in our country. So I mean, this is these are the kind of women that are in this book, and you know I'm so proud of each and every one of them. And we have started our own. We started a sisterhood, but when we go out, we ask other women to join with us to do exactly what we're doing, which is reaching out and saying, "How can I help you?" Well. Um... Uh, it's interesting. Um, there's been a lot of talk in in the media about the fact that uh, our, our, one of our fastest growing areas, uh, venture capital and the, the internet and all of the electron, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, is almost totally dominated by men uh, and younger men at that. Where have we failed to educate these young people? Uh, uh, to recognize women for, for what they can do. Uh, that, to me, is one of the most perplexing pro- uh, things that I think has occurred in the last 20 years of my uh, journalism, is the fact that this younger generation seems to have more chauvinistic views than my generation. Really? Huh. Well, I guess I guess we have to talk, we have to talk about their parents, too, don't we? Uh, I think, you know, one of the things that we're talking about is really, really helping women to, to develop leadership skills. And this is one of the biggest things that we're pushing for, especially with this book, is to help women to continue to de- develop their talents, but also their leadership. And, you know, and, unless you're using your voice, you know, unless you're using their voice and you and you gain access to the podium, uh, women are not going to get ahead. And, and I'm not talking necessarily about politics, but I'm talking about whatever you're passionate about or whatever you're, whatever drives you or whatever really, you know, makes your heartstrings what pull or whatever. But it's it's really about teaching women to stand up publicly and start speaking and taking the podium and taking a seat. If you're sitting at a table in, in a boardroom and you're sitting there, use your voice. So we're really trying to teach women, you know, we've got to toot our own horns. If we don't toot them, nobody else is going to do that. You know, you women, you could be standing next to a woman for 15 minutes and not learn a thing about it. You stand next to a man, you know, his golf score, you know how much money he makes, you know where you went to school. Women have to get better as far as tooting their horns and really expressing and telling people who they are. You know, I, I don't have that trouble, but I know there are women that do, and I, I, I'm i in boardrooms, I speak up. So we're really, really, and again, this book, 20 Women, we're all promoting that. We're wanting women to really step forward. But until we really support each other, and I think that's the key, Don, until women truly support each other, you know, we're, we're, we're going to continue to have these, these uh, like you said, some of these chauvinistic and some of these ideas that really you'd think in the, two, two, the year 2015 we would not, is that we would all, you know, you know uh, Patricia Arquette, you know, I don't know if you watched the Academy Awards, she took the podium. She took the podium to talk about women's rights and equal, parity, equal pay. You know, so the thing is, yeah, we we still we're still out there beating our drum, but women definitely have to, to have to use their voices, and other women have to, you know, you know, applaud and push them up there and go, yeah, you go, girl, and and that's when things are really going to start to change. Well, uh, again, the name of your book, Nancy. Yeah, leading women, twenty women, twenty women's secrets to success in business, life, and leadership. And by the way, Don, we just went into our third printing, and we're one of Amazon's one hundred top, uh, one hundred best books. Oh, uh, and uh, 
uh, people want to reach you or or uh, your uh, your foundation or uh, website, they where can, do they, they do that? They can they can do all of those things. the The foundation is women can connect for good. Go figure that right. <laughs> women connecting for good, and they can uh, reach me by with my name Nancy D O'Reilly dot com, and the foundation is there and all the information about the book. And of course, they can go to Barnes and Noble or Amazon and buy that book today. Leading Women: Twenty Women's Secrets to Success in Business, Life, and Leadership. Nancy, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, again, I keep uh, the great thing about this program. I keep learning more and more, and we do want you to come back sometime and uh, talk further on, on this subject. Well, thank you, and, and I appreciate your time. And you know what? I keep learning more and more. I think that's what we're going to do every day of our life. Let's make sure we keep doing that. So, thank you so much for your time and what you do. And, and I so I, I do so appreciate. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Our next guest is Keith Hall, head of the National Association for the Self-Employed. And he's here to talk. I would love to also talk about his organization, which I happen to think is one of the better things around. Keith, welcome to the program. Hello? There's somebody from 214 here, and it should be Keith. Keith, are you on? Hello? There's there's somebody on my board, and there should be Keith Hall here. Always an interesting time when someone comes on board. You know, there was nothing worse than uh, dead air uh, on a radio program. Uh, why don't we just go to a commercial to see if Keith comes back on. Just how dangerous is social networking? Use of websites like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are all the rage. But what are the downsides of this new technology? The incidence of bullying, stalking, harassment, and inappropriate content are increasing. Just how dangerous is it? What can you do to protect your child and yourself from it? Go to protectivecountermeasures.com for a free hour-long video on the dangers of social networking. That's protectivecountermeasures.com for your free hour-long video. Yes, I am, Keith. Are you there? Oh, I am here. Sorry about that. Uh-huh. Not sure what happened there. Well, you're with us now. That's the important thing. I just gave well, you a fantastic. great. I just gave well, you a I... great intro- introduction. I'll give it again. You're the head of the. Uh, this is Keith Hall, the National Association of the Self-Employed, and we're here to talk about taxes, tax reform, and small business, but also a little bit about your organization, which I happen to think does a great job. So, uh, but first, Keith, we always ask our guests to talk a little bit about themselves, personally, uh, just a little background so our audience knows. Well, well, thanks, Tom. First of all, I appreciate you having me on tonight. I, I really appreciate uh, the message you send out to small business. You you guys really are making a difference there. Um, at the NASE, you know, internally we talk about making a difference, about answering one more question. 
So, you know, as we start, I just want to say thank you to you and to your show because I think you guys make a difference out there as well. Uh, for me, you know, I'd, I'd way rather talk about taxes because somehow I feel like I'm a little less interesting than taxes, if you can imagine that. Uh, mm. But I, I've, been an, I've been an accountant most of my life. I consider myself a small business owner. Um, I've had uh, my own private accounting practice since uh, 1991. Uh, those of the, uh, the listeners out there who are good at math, don't add up that so you can tell how old I am. Just let's, let's pretend I started at a very early age. Uh, but, but I do pride myself on, on being a small business owner. I, I've, I've been through the concept of making payroll. Uh, I've been through the concept of creating jobs. Um, I find myself at, uh, at my tender, mature age these days. I, I listen to uh, CNN. I listen to the president. I listen to our congressional leaders. Uh, and it seems like they all have one message in common, and that is we need to be out there creating new jobs. And, and I'm extremely proud of the 27 million small business owners out there that are actually doing what I perceive the politicians are just talking about. Um, and, and I pride myself on being a small business owner, and, and I introduce myself at, you know, at, at at parties and, and when I meet my kids' friends, uh, I introduce myself as a small business owner. So uh, I think at the end of my days, the, one of the things I want people to stand up and say is, is that Keith was a small business owner. Uh, he created jobs. Uh, and then when it's his turn, he, he gave back from an education standpoint, uh, from a support standpoint, back to small business. And I think that's the thing I'm most proud of. Well, uh, you you should be. And I uh, I agree with you, and I uh, that uh, small businesses do create a majority of the jobs in this country, and uh, but un- uh, but I happen to be of the opinion that unfortunately it seems the people in Washington do everything they can to, to impede uh, small businesses from growing, but that's uh, my opinion. Uh, and yeah, hopefully, you know, I'm not- I think I might. I think I might share that opinion. I, I do have in my heart. I, I have this belief that you know that whether you lean to the left, whether you lean to the right, whether you count yourself as a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent, in my heart, I believe everyone is trying to do the right thing. I, I firmly believe that. Uh, I have an opportunity uh, several times a year to actually testify before the House Small Business Committee. Uh, and the Senate Small Business Committee on things like tax reform and tax simplification. And I'm convinced they do want to do the right thing. I I just think sometimes they get a little bit lost in in what they're trying to do. Uh, And and again, when I think about the backbone of our economy, when I think about the people who are actually out there creating jobs, it's the small business community. Uh, One of the things I think we struggle with as a small business community is we don't really identify with being self-employed or with being uh, an independent business owner. We identify with being a CPA or a painter or a furniture repair person or a watchmaker. We, we kind of have the identity with our individual industry. Therefore, it's like our vote is split. Uh, I wish we could find some way to kind of marshal the vote of all the small business owners. If we could vote as a block, then – could get some good things accomplished in D.C. for the benefit of small business. That's one of the things I'd love for us to figure out a way to accomplish. Well, uh, uh, from your lips to God's ears, I always say, because um, <laughs> I, I always agree, I agree wholeheartedly. Yet it seems to me that uh, all of the uh, 
regulations, etc., that seem to be uh, percolating through Washington, none of them really at, uh, uh, attack um, the, the real issues, which uh, uh, at least our polling indicates, which is that uh, essentially uh, uh, we're overregulated, we're overtaxed, uh, uh, and, and we really have we being small business. I have I like to think of ourselves as a small business. Uh, don't seem to have uh, much say in uh, in in what Washington Washington is doing. They they say every time we turn around we have a new regulation. Every time we turn around we see uh, people trying to ch- chop away at the um, uh, at what we can take home. I saw a fascinating figure today that uh, uh, for the middle class, which most uh, uh, small businesses are, uh, the real income hasn't changed in 10 years. And that, to me, is sad. Well, I agree, and I think that's somewhat troublesome. Um, you know, I, I, I believe firmly also that that small business. Now, this is going to sound awfully dramatic, and, and now we can. You know, this sounds like a uh, this sounds like a speech uh, before some political committee as well. But I, it is my firm belief that small business will figure out how to share. I think, by and large, most small business owners recognize that our defense, our school system our public roads, all of the things that those tax dollars go to provide are important. Yes, at some level, the tax rates perhaps are too high. Some of the uh, programs perhaps need to be adjusted. Budgets can be adjusted. But at the end of the day, I am convinced that small business America is way happy to pay their fair share. The problem is it is so complex. It is so difficult just to keep up with the regulations. From a, For an example, just the tax code, the IRS, their own internal forms would indicate, depending on the number of complexities you have, a small business owner can spend about 80 hours in completing their annual federal income tax return. Now, 80 hours at a 40-hour week – now, very few of the small business owners out there work 40 hours a week. We all work way more than that. But on a normal normal analysis, 80 hours, that's two full weeks. I mean that is like 4% of the entire year. If we had a 4% growth in our investment portfolios or a 4% growth in our national GDP, man, we would be happy. We'd be having parties if we had that type of growth. So so we at the NASC, uh, and the listeners can go to our website at NASC.org and, and kind of learn how they can help, but our number one speech over and over and over again, regardless of what the issue is, is tax simplification. We're more than happy to pay our fair share, but let's get rid of some of the complexity, some of the loopholes. Uh, let's make this more easy to understand, easy to comply with. If we can free up – think about this. Now, do, you can do some math real quick here. Think about the concept of freeing up 40 hours, just half of the time committed to completing an annual tax return. If we could free up 40 hours for 27 million small business owners, think of the productivity that translates into just for tax code simplification. It would be a tremendous benefit. 
Without a doubt. Um, uh, I, I talk with my accountant and, and uh, uh, about this uh, oftentimes, and uh, uh, he says, I wish, wish I could simplify it. But then again, uh, we, we do supply the accounting industry with an uh, awful lot of business. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good, yeah, we could kind of put ourselves out of a job here if we're not careful, huh? Well, I wouldn't, uh, you know, the, I'm sure they'd find other other things to do. And uh, I know I know my accountant has kept me out of jail all these years. So uh, because it's <laughs> it's very possible to uh, inadvertently uh, uh, violate the tax law. Uh, there's no answers no or buts. Um, no doubt. I, well, we you know, we we also talk a lot on a daily basis. Uh, I, I do lots of seminars across the country, and uh, you know, speak to lots of groups, and, and do a number of radio programs. Uh, and I get the question a lot. You know, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it's frustrating. But what can I do? I, I mean, again, I'm a painter in, you know, Mahia, Texas. I, I'm feeding my family. I, I work hard. Uh, but what can I do to help with this process? Well, you know, I would encourage the listeners to, to write down, again, write down our website at nancy.org. Uh, write down the IRS website at irs.gov. And sometime between now and April 15th, everybody's thinking about their tax return now. It's kind of on the top of everybody's mind. At some point over the next two weeks, take about 30 minutes and write a note to your congressional leaders, uh, your senator, uh, your congressional representative, and let them know how cumbersome and how complicated complying with the tax code is. Let them know that one of the main things they can do to help you create new jobs is to simplify that tax code. Again, if all of us – again, think about the power of this. Is if all 27 million of us, if all the listeners that were hearing my voice right now contacted their congressional representative with the single message of simplify the tax code, now we're on the path of making that happen, on the path of making a difference. So I would encourage everyone out there who has a chance, uh, go to NASE.org. We have a little tab at the top in the top navigation bar called uh, Legislative Advocacy Center. You can go out there. You can put in your zip code. It will tell you who your congressional leaders are, who your senators are, uh, give you a little email format for you just to send them a, a note, as easy as you can possibly imagine. Likewise, you can go to Google.com or to the IRS website and, and basically do the same function. But, you know, Nancy was talking about before I came on, Nancy was talking about women and some of the things they can do and, and letting your voice be heard. She was talking about that in boardrooms, uh, representing women, let your voice be heard. That is exactly the same message for small business owners. Stand up and let your voice be heard. That is critical. Well, um, Keith, Keith, we want you to come back sometime, and let's keep let's keep the good fight going. Well, I absolutely love to do that. And Don, once again, thanks again for what you guys do. You are making a difference, and we appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate the compliment, uh, and uh, good luck to you on tax day. And Thank may you the very force much. be with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Because you're re- really doing a job. Really, thanks, Keith. Well, and I guess I guess since it's uh, since it's April first, I can end by saying the IRS just uh, agreed to eliminate all tax returns. That would be my <laughs> April Fool. That's my April Fool's joke. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
There's only two things in, in life that are inevitable, death and taxes. That's exactly right. Thanks again, Don. Talk to you soon. Our next guest is Richard Hollis, founder and CEO of Hollinus, which is a small marketplace platform for small business. Uh, Richard, are you on the phone? Yes, I am. Thank you, Don. No, thank you for being with us today. I, I read it My wrong. Uh, did I pronounce your uh, your company right, Holonis? Holonis, yes. Holonis. H-O-L-O-N-I-S. Well, That's um, correct. Thank you. you. It's a new marketplace for small platform for small business, and we're going to talk about that. But first, as we ask, ask all our guests, Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, personally and how you came to do the, to be the founder and CEO. Okay, great. Thanks, Don. Well, my career spans over three decades, and I started out in marketing and sales and uh, worked my way up to a CEO position. Uh, I, this is my sixth startup. I've, I've basically, I've had uh, five early-stage or startup companies in my past. Uh, three of those ended up in M&As and two uh, I conducted IPOs on. Uh, so Holanus is my sixth company, and I started it uh, during the uh, Great Recession of 2009. And what I did during that period when the economy collapsed, if you will, I uh, repivoted myself to see where um, the future was. And um, I believe that the Internet was going to revolutionize uh, basically the way we conduct business from old media to new media, uh, so I started on the endeavor of creating a new modernized marketplace to empower any business of any size uh, with the technology to empower them in a, in a new, growing digital economy. So now, having said that, how does Holiness work? Yes. So when you think of uh, marketplaces, you, you normally think of an Amazon or an eBay, and most recently a, a, a very large a marketplace coming out of China called Alibaba, and then smaller marketplaces that are more niche-oriented, like an Etsy. So those are basically strictly e-commerce, and they're exceptional at what they do, and they've enabled many businesses to sell their products online. Where Holanus is different, it comes from uh, the uh, derivative of a word called Holon, and the Holon takes all the parts and, and connects them all together to make a whole. So what we did on the Internet is we took a look at all the parts that drive commerce and put them all together, and e-commerce just being one of the verticals that fits into how you succeed online today. And succeeding online today is very difficult. The technology is very complicated. Uh, it's fragmented, and it lives in different places, and to succeed – you have to go to social media. You have to go to analytics. You have to go to your website to produce content. You have to uh, insert um, e-commerce. And then you've got to figure out analytics and how the whole thing works. And it's very complicated. And what happens is the agencies are um, doing a lot of the enterprise-level work uh, with very big budgets. And what happens is it creates a digital divide where small and medium-sized businesses don't have the know-how, the technology, the time, or the expense 
to really market themselves to capture traffic online. So the whole purpose of Holanus is to capture all the businesses, whether it's products or services or goods, and create a technology that empowers them to succeed in the marketplace. So where we're different is our marketplace gives you all the tools to publish, to syndicate all the media that you publish. We automate uh, search engine optimization. You can distribute all this uh, content and media that you create through your social media channels. You can create uh, customer engagement strategies. You can conduct email, and you can do commerce and analytics all in one place. So that means that no business should be left behind in the new digital economy. Well, let, let me uh, go back a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm a small business. Let's say it's uh, let's say it's beauty pro- products for the sake of example, uh, uh, and I have a website. Now you're saying uh, you can th- then make that the hub of all these other activities, and does it include a uh, the ability to conduct e-commerce as well to sell product and do all of that? Yes, and see. Um you know, five years ago, maybe we can go back even far enough, like 10 years ago, uh, websites did very well uh, because the Internet wasn't saturated. But the Internet is saturated with millions of websites now. And to become search engine optimized where the content you're producing on that website to get indexed becomes much more difficult. And your website gets obsolete rather rapidly as well because if you um, developed a website a few years ago, is it mobile optimized today? Is it social media optimized? Is it, are you driving uh, traffic through customer engagement strategies with automated software? Uh, do you know what your content is doing and being driven by data and analytics? And I can tell you that the majority of websites do not have that kind of technology, and they're also standalone websites, so they don't sit in a larger platform that creates the network effect. So we're moving into the age of platforms. And when I say platforms, obviously that's your Googles of the world, your Facebooks, your Pinterest, your Twitters. Those are platforms that standardize the way we connect and are much more powerful than a standalone website. Most standalone websites have a very difficult time driving organic traffic. So what we're honest aims to do is take the technology out of the equation and let you focus in on your business. Well, it's ironic because I, uh, an hour before this program, I got, I got an email from uh, someone who wanted to know. She had a website in, in the beauty field, and she was looking for how she could uh, integrate uh, uh, her activities and, and add a shopping cart. And, and yeah, here you are. What? Yes, please go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. And, and here you're saying not only do you have the web, the shopping cart, but you can also help her, uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, do her social media, her content, her, all the other stuff and pull it all together so that in the back end she can look what's working and what's not working. Am I up to, uh, am I hitting, uh, Understanding what you're doing correctly? Uh, Don, you just hit it out of the ballpark. That, that's exactly correct. So I'm, what I'm Alana's sorry. trying to do is to be your digital dashboard. So you basically have a digital headquarters, 
And in that dashboard are all the tools you need. So when you think of, you know, your Amazon and your Ebays, what you get is a storefront, and you get to sell uh, your goods in that storefront. What we're di doing is giving you a complete digital space. And within that digital space, it's yours. It's your business's digital space. And it has everything you need to be successful, including your shopping cart, including your analytics, all in one place. And it basically gives you a digital roadmap and gamifies what you're supposed to do to be successful. So when you enter your dashboard, the first thing it will say, you know, is to produce content. You want to produce videos, photos, or articles. And then it will show you how to search engine optimize that content. And then it will ask you, do you want to syndicate this content to your social media channels? And with one simple single click, you can distribute all that content to your social media channels. And then it will ask you, do you want to do anything in email? And then you can start your email campaigns. And then it moves right into a communication center. So every single time there's a click on your site, it will show up in your inbox, and you will know who's engaging with you and who's transacting with you in your e-card. And then it drives all those digital clicks into analytics so you know exactly what the consumers in your digital space are doing. Mm -hmm. So it's not like just finding uh, your your website in cyberspace. You actually know how consumers are engaging with you. So you absolutely nailed it. And how do you spell your site? And how does how? First question is how do you get paid? Yes. Yeah, so every we we are software as a service. So you will pay a uh, small fee. We're making it low cost, so any business. Um, can utilize it. So you end up getting a digital space, and that digital space is your for a monthly fee. So we're having a – we just launched this two weeks ago at South by Southwest. So basically it's $99 a month and gives you a complete digital package. And if you were to try to assemble all this on your own, it would cost you thousands of dollars, and you still wouldn't get all the technology you need that would be empowered by a platform like Holonis. <laughs> it, it, it sounds terrific. Can you spell well, uh, your website? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's H O L O N I S Solanus dot com. And uh, I'm going to ask. You, I'm going to I'm uh, um, uh, Rich, Richard. I'm going to ask you to spell it phonetically because this is radio. Sure. <laughs> okay, it's H as in home. Uh, O as in Omaha, L as in land, O as in Omaha, N as in Nancy, I as in is, S as in Sam, wholeonest.com. Well, I'm, I'm, I will tell you that tomorrow morning I'm going to go on your site, and I'm certainly going to recommend it to my uh, friend because uh, it's exactly what she needs. And so uh, it, it sounds exciting. But like everything else, I, I leave it to the uh, listeners to go to your site. And if they want to talk to you personally or anything like that, how do they do it, Richard? Yes, they can connect. Uh, there's a phone number and email address, and they can contact us directly, and we'd be more than happy to do that. And, Don, I know your show is all about empowering businesses, uh, empowering people. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a really a great service. And I, I certainly appreciate the time you've taken us to uh, uh, allow us to uh, 
uh, speak about how we're trying to empower businesses in today's digital economy. So thank you for that. Well, thank thank you for being with us. And I want you to come back in a few months and tell us how it's going because uh, uh, something like this is what every small business needs in this new age we're living in. Well, I would uh, most welcome that and and, uh, look forward to it. Thank you. Thanks again, Richard, for being with us. That was Richard Hollis, founder and CEO of Hollenis.com, which sounds – Yes. Did I pronounce it right? Yes, Hollenis.com. Thank you, Don. No, thank you. It's really been great. Good evening, Al. Thank you. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you would like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can subscribe for any or all of these by going to smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Thank you, and have a good day.